Yo, what's good, y'all? Welcome to another episode of A Hard Knock Podcast. Here I am again, your boy Ryan Brooks, your host, um, owner of Hard Knock Labs. And um, what's up, y'all? I'm excited to have all y'all here, man. Let's get that cheers going. All right. So, wow, y'all. Episode six, we're, we're doing it. We're, we're keeping on doing it, y'all. I'm going to keep giving these to y'all every single week. You feel me? Like... We'll see how this keeps going. You know what I mean? Let me know what y'all like, what y'all don't like, all that kind of stuff. I'm loving it. I'm starting to get some feedback from people, and I'm starting to see people engage. I love it. I love it. I love it, y'all. So what we're going to talk about today in this episode is one of the most um, important tools in the productive CEO's arsenal, and that is hyper-prioritization. All right. So I want to I want to talk about this because as many of you know, as you're starting to do your endeavors, as you're starting to build your business, as you're as you're um, doing all these different things, especially now and today, a lot of things are grasping for your attention. A lot of things are grasping for your attention. Everything seems so urgent and it's so hard to. to navigate all of this stuff without prioritizing, without making the tough choices about what you need to focus on now and what you need to focus on later. And I just want to kind of demystify this a little bit and just talk about like, you know, talk about prioritization and how you can use this um, for just about everything and how once you start um, doing hyper prioritization around like just where your focus is, what you're doing, all of this stuff, you'll start to see um, some real change and some real benefits from it. And this is one of my superpowers. So it's something that, you know, um, that I don't know whether or not it comes naturally to me, but it's something I think about really often with regards to a lot of things I do. Like you'll see people come to me all the time with different things that they think I should do, different things that, that you know, that, that works for them or different, all these different things. I'm very quick to be like, no. Um, and it's not because I think that um, people are wrong or, or, or that, that what they're saying doesn't make sense. It's about the fact that, like, I'm very, like, I prioritize things and I can't, I know that I can't do too many things at once. So I'm trying to be very intentional on the things that I am doing, you know, and so... This is this is going to be one of the key factors as you're trying to navigate and juggle all the different things as a as a um, juggle all the different responsibilities as the business owner, as the CEO of your business. And so first off, I kind of want to debunk the myth around multitasking. Everyone's like, oh, multitasking, like like some people are better at it than others, which I believe that's true. There are some people that are better than that better at it than others, but I don't think that anybody is actually good at multitasking. Now, you know, I hear like, like I was talking to my mom about this recently and she was like, well, I do think that women are better at multitasking than men because X, Y, Z, because we have to do this and that. And I was like, I'm not saying that. I was like, I don't know whether or not men or women are better. I get the, um, I get the, the argument that as women, they have to learn to multitask more because of things like having kids and stuff like that. I'm not trying to have that argument. What I'm trying to say is that nobody's good at it. Whether some people are better at it than others, nobody's actually good at it because 
um, if we think about it from a scientific standpoint, so what a lot of y'all don't realize is that, so my, my background, my background, my educational background is, um, my, my, uh, my, my undergrad degree was a business, a bachelor's of business administration studying, um, entrepreneurship. And, um, that was at the university of Cincinnati. I went on to uh, get my master's degree, my master's of science, and was called human computer interaction. And actually, it's very like fancy terms. Yeah, I know y'all think I'm a like computer nerd. Everyone, once they find out that I went to school for that, wants me to be their IT person and fix their computers, which is super annoying. Yes, I can do a lot of those things, but not because of that degree, because I'm I am a nerd. But like, um, but that degree was kind of like a trifecta type of degree, right? It focused on three different areas. It focused on design. Um, so learning a lot of principles of like design thinking and stuff like that. Um, we learned about computer science and we also learned about cognitive psychology. And so what this, what is cognitive psychology? What is that? It's about the way that our brains process information. The reason why this is so so important is because when you're doing stuff like designing software and, and different things like that, you need to understand how the brain is actually going to take in the software that people are utilizing and how it's going to actually respond to it and how they'll actually be able to do the different tasks and stuff like that. Right now in cognitive science in, in cognitive cognitive psychology, there's this phrase or this term that we use called cognitive load. And now there's this theory that, um, that the brain can only take on certain amount, a certain amount of information at a time before it starts to get diminishing returns on what it can output. Now, um, I have some, some notes and stuff here to kind of help me out, to help me kind of refer to this, but, um, because cognitive load also has to do with memory and stuff like that. So this is about the amount of working memory resources used within your brain. And if you're trying to do too many things at the same time, you are accessing that same that that same cognition, and it's put it's putting a load on your um on your cognition that's making it harder and harder as you add more things to it. And this is the scientific reason why nobody's good at multitasking because our brains just aren't meant to do it. We're supposed to be focused. We're supposed to like really focus on a thing at a time. And that's why, you know, you'll, when you'll notice, like when you're doing certain tasks, like um, when you're trying to do multiple tasks at once, you might not notice certain things like, like in your periphery or, or, or things around you, because like you're kind of focused on doing those things. You might even notice that when you're focused on one thing. Now, what I will say is that some, that what happens over time, when you do focus enough on one thing, it becomes second nature so that you don't have to focus on it much anymore. A good example of this, which a good slash bad example of this, because I don't want to promote people multitasking while driving. But a good thing to think about is driving. Right. You can when you've been when you're a new driver, it's probably not I don't think it's really great for anybody to be talking on the phone while driving. But obviously I do it. But it's a it's a distraction. It's a real distraction to um, to the road and it, and it can have real consequences. But as you've been driving for years and years and you know your way back home, how many of y'all have been driving home and before you even know it, you're home? You don't even really remember 
the drive itself because it's just second nature. That's because you've been doing it so much that that you don't have to put a lot of focus into it. But that's something that accumulates over time, right? And that's when multitasking gets a little bit easier. And so I know like you hear about like the jack of all trades, right? The the jack of all trades. Uh, but what a lot of people don't realize is that there's that that that's a part of a phrase. Jack of all trades is a part of a phrase. It's a jack of all trades and master of none. And what I want to employ you to do is be a, a master of one. What how will mastering one skill at a time help you progress forward as opposed to trying to do several things at once? I mean, how many times how many people do you notice in your life? Does this sound familiar? Do you know people that are like a real estate investor, also a um also own X shop and also do all these different things. Let me ask you this. Um, they, they, they work on cars. They do like I know everybody knows somebody in the hood that do everything. But can I ask you this? Are they the best at any of those things? You can't be the best at one thing if you're spread thin doing everything. Now, don't get me wrong. Like once you're best in some some lanes, you can dabble in other things. But like if you if you want to be the best at something, you need to be able to focus and have the discipline to focus on that one thing. It's just like, you know, how many times do I have like people trying to reach out to me to get me to join like their business or invest in their business or, or you know, spend my time in their business? And it's like, well, um. I'm not knocking your business. I'm not saying it doesn't work. I'm not saying that it's that that people aren't successful in it. What I'm saying is that I'm passionate about what I do and this is where I want to this is where I want to focus and this is where I want to play. You know? And so I want people to understand that like the the old tale of slow and steady wins the race. It comes into play with this. It comes into play with prioritization and, and understanding where to place your focus. Because you're going to get so much further faster by focusing on one thing at a time and doing that one thing well than, um, than doing several different things all together. You know, and and that's why it's really important to focus on one thing, one to a few things. If we're going to be realistic, like I'm not like I know it's it's really hard, especially when you're starting out to be able to focus on one thing at a time. You probably got a day job. You probably got all this. You probably got your family. You probably got all this stuff. But if you're going to have that one extra thing, it needs to be one extra thing, not 10, 15 extra things. And what's going to help you out with that is the power, the art, the science of prioritization, okay? And so there are several different ways to go about like, um, I had this note up. Um, there are several different like frameworks for prioritization, okay? Like you might've heard about like rice, 
where you're looking at um, reach, impact, confidence, effort. That's one way. It's like a whole formula where you where you say uh, reach times impact times confidence divided by effort will give you a right score, right? And that helps you kind of prioritize different um, different products, um, product or feature ideas and stuff like that, or, or you know, or whatever you need, whatever task you need to do. There is. Um, value versus efforts there's the kano model um there is uh moscow you might have heard of moscow what's like your must-haves your should-haves your could-haves and your won't-haves things like that um opportunity scoring all these different things are all these different ways that you can go about prioritization i have a personal favorite my personal favorite method of prioritization is what's called a two by two priority matrix. And I know that sounds weird. It sounds crazy. You're probably thinking like Neo, um, blue pill, red pill is none of that. It's, um, it's a way of taking two different criteria and judging whatever you need to judge based off of that criteria. And the thing is, is that you, there's several different use cases um, that you can have for doing this um, method of of prioritization. Because um, say that you are trying to prioritize, um, let's say, uh, like, for instance, when I was, like, um, moving into my place and I was buying all new furniture, decorating my place, I actually used the two-by-two two prioritization matrix to figure out what order to buy things um, for the house, right? So what I did was I judged it based off of its um, utility that it need that the utility that I got out of it for my house. You, I, I actually kind of put these things together, like utility and like kind of like satisfaction, like w what things are gonna um, make me feel most satisfied by having them, stuff like that. And then um, and then I did uh, the cost of it. How much does the thing actually cost? And what I did was um, on this two by two matrix, what you do is you kind of rank things based off of how much it costs, right? So I ranked it so from least amount of cost to highest amount of cost. And then I um, ranked it from util most utility to least utility or most satisfaction to least satisfaction. Now this is kind of like a, you probably should choose between one of those two typically, but you know, this is just me and my personal life trying to figure things out. Now, what this does is this puts everything into these four different quadrants that you that will help you kind of figure out the order that you should do things. Now, if you see things that are super high utility and they're low cost, those are the things that you can go ahead and buy right now. Right. Like those are the first things that you should go ahead and get those things that are high utility and high cost. Maybe you need to set some money aside or plan out when you purchase those things. Um, the things that are low utility, but also low cost, those are kind of like nice, nice to have type of things that like aren't, um, as like, like they're not as important to buy, but if you want them, like go ahead and get them, you know? And if you have the, if you have the budget left after you've purchased all the high utility things, then you can get that, you know? Um, and then the things that are, um, low utility and high cost, those are things that you should probably just you know, not get, I get like in this case, um, sometimes there are certain things that you just really, really want, um, that are like that still, those should be the last things that you buy. Like for instance, right. Something that's high utility, high cost was like the couch, 
right? Like, like couches cost, cost a lot. Um, so I planned out when I purchased that, um, to make sure that it, it landed, um, at the right time. And then like, you know, like the dining table, stuff like that, you know, or, or things that I need in the kitchen, things I need in the kitchen are easy. Like those are things that you can quickly buy. Obviously I had a lot of stuff, but like, actually when I moved to this apartment, I got a lot of brand new stuff. Like I actually sold a lot of my old furniture and so I kind of started from scratch, but that's one way to use the two by two prioritization method. And here's another thing. Let's say that we're thinking about like, let's bring it back to your business, right? Let's um, think about, uh, say that you're in the early stages of your business. Um, you don't even have a business yet. You have an idea or you have a problem space that you want to be able to solve for. Well, one thing that I typically recommend when you're going through um, and exploring the problem spaces is to explore the problem space, which is going to help you, which is actually going to bring up several different challenges that you might want to focus on. Now, how do you go about this and figure out which which challenge to focus on? Well, what you can do is focus on, um, you know, the uh, the frequency of the challenge for the people that you're solving it for your ideal customer. What's the frequency that it happens and what's the severity of the challenge? How much does it really affect them? And, and um, this and if you have something, let's say that it is a frequent challenge and it has a high severity, that is a really good problem to solve because it's something that's going to help a lot of people that are dealing with it. Um, it's, it's a major pain point. Um, and that's that's going to help you figure out whether or not this is a, a challenge that you could focus on. Um yeah, so that's that's a way to, of going about challenge, uh, uh, prioritizing challenges. Because before you come up with solutions, you need to figure out what your what what challenge you're you're creating a solution for. Now, let's say that you are coming up with solutions. Now, y'all know that I'm a big proponent to the double double di double diamond design thinking me methodology, which is about divergent and convergent thinking, right? Well, divergent thinking means that we need to come up with a lot of different ideas. So when you're solving problems, you should come up with several different ideas. But how do you what do you do once you have all of those ideas? Well, you prioritize them. Right. And how you do this is you can look at there are several different ways to um, prioritize solutions. But one typical way that you might see is impact versus effort. Right. So you'll look at your rank, all of the um all of the solutions based off of the impact that they will create on that challenge. And you'll also rate them by the, uh, the effort that it would take to, to actually do the solution. Now, if you look at the things that are high impact, low effort, those are some, those are some definite things that you can try to do. The only thing about those items is that there are things that you might have to compete on a lot. So it's good to start off with those um, high impact, low effort options, while also making a backlog of the high impact, um, high effort options, um, because you'll be able to work, you know, over time at building out those um, high impact, high effort options. Then once you have the um, low impact uh, those low impact, low effort options. Those are some nice to have things, some things that you could probably go ahead and create to just create some value for your customers. Um, and then those things that are low value, 
uh, or, or low impact and um, low effort or high effort, those are things that you're just like, cut them out. Don't even do them. Doesn't make sense. And what, a, like, a rebuttal that I often get, especially when I'm working with my clients about, you know, um, I have them, uh, I, I have something, I actually have a prioritization tool that I've created for my clients and for my students that actually helps them kind of put their uh, tasks, put all these different things into a two by two matrix. And one argument that I get a lot is like, um, I ask people to force rank their tasks, force rank everything. So like, like there can be, and what I mean by that is um, say that you have 10 tasks that you need to do. Um, I'm going to ask you to force rank those tasks by their, um, their urgency and their impact. So I, by force ranking it, you need to rank from one to 10, which ones are the most impact impactful or which ones are the most um, urgent. There can be no, there can't be any tasks that are at the same level. Okay. And a pushback that I get a lot about that is that like, well, what if they are at the same level? And I'm like, well, nothing's at the exact same level. Like even, like, even if you're just going to like any, meeny, miny, mow it, you need to, you need to do this because this, this is hyper prioritization. This is important. Even if it's subjective, the whole key to the idea is that we need to make decisions on where we're going to focus so that we can push forward. We're not saying that, just because this thing ticks slightly higher than the other one that we're not going to focus on the other one. It's just saying that we're not going to focus on the other one yet because like I said, slow and steady wins the race. And by focusing on one area at a time, you're going to move through all of the areas much more quickly than trying to focus on all of them at once. And so that's what this thing is. It's, it's very subjective. It's not like it has, it's not a crazy hard science to it. But the key component to this is understanding where do you need to focus so that you can focus and get things done. And then it's good because what I do, um, once you kind of have all these things, you can create a priority list of how you're going to do these different things in order. Right. And so, again, a lot of people get so pissed off with me because they're always like people love to like, you know, um, tell me what I need to do or tell me what, where I need to focus. And I'm like, no, I mean, I'm not going to focus on that just yet. And then people are like, why aren't you going to focus on it? And it's like, because I have a prioritized list of things that I need to focus on. And I'm not saying that I'm not going to take the thing that you've um, given me and, and, and uh, consider it. What I'm saying is that I have to consider Now I have to consider that thing amongst all of the other things in my list and see where it falls. And I'm likely going to do that after I finish the thing that I'm working on right now. And it's that level of discipline and that level of prioritization is really going to push you forward because in that world, you're not reactive. You're not being reactive to the things that are being thrown at you. Now, you should always leave space in your time and, and, and what you're working on to, um, to, to deal with pressing matters. But like by doing it this way, you are um, allowing yourself the space to be proactive 
Um, so that's why it's this is really important, y'all. This is something I want you to get. I want you to be able to think about all the different things that you can prioritize. It's not just your tasks. I mean, you should be prioritizing your tasks, but um, but like you should be prioritizing your challenges. You should be prioritizing the parts of your business that you want to focus on. You need to be um, prioritizing your product features, prioritizing your customers, prioritizing like you really need to prioritize, hyper prioritize everything. Because the thing is, is that if you're spread too thin, you're going to be spinning in circles, you know, and the thing is, is okay. Like not everything has to be perfect, but you just got to be able to like focus. Right. And this is really important. I was talking so um, when I had, um, when I was doing the Hard Knock Summit earlier this year, um, I had Cat uh, Del Carmen. Um, shout out to you. Uh, there was something that she said was that stood out to me a lot, and I just agreed with it wholeheartedly. She was talking about how she was able to go from, you know, um, I can't remember the numbers, but she was make, able to make explosive growth in her business over the course of a year. And she told me, she was like, the key thing that I did in that time was to focus on one offering, focus on that one offering, getting in front of as many customers as I can and, and improving that offering. And I agree with that wholeheartedly. When you're starting out, when you, when you're first getting your um, business off the floor, when you're, when you're like, it's better to focus on one thing and making that one thing immaculate, making it beautiful, making it the best um, product or solution for your customers. But not only that, because I also see a lot of people talking like someone else who I just saw uh, one of his reels. Um, I think it's like him, 500. Like he was saying like, yo, well, I don't necessarily need the best product. I just need to get in front of the, mo get in front of more customers. I see, cause I come from the design thinking space and I'm all about making you the best product that you can make that'll solve, um, the most problems for your customer. Um, so, or not solving the most problems for your customers, but solve the, solve the biggest problem for your customer, the best. So my biggest thing is like, you should be focusing on what that first offering, you should be focusing on getting it in front of as many customers as possible, selling it to as many customers as possible, getting feedback from those customers and improving that product or service. You should be and that should be your key focus, building that thing up until like it's it's not like, you know, just keep building that up. Honestly, I don't know. Like, I feel like there we should probably put some numbers behind it or something like what number you should reach. But then once you've built this product up, or you've got enough customers coming in that you can start to like hiring help and stuff like that. This is where it's important to start talking about like, all right. So if you're focused on one thing, when is it time to focus on the next thing? And what I think is it's time to focus on the next thing when you are in a position that you can hand off the first thing. Or not or or it can do its own whether you need to hand it off or whatever, or you need to set some things in place for it to automate. But you need to keep focusing on it until you don't have to focus on it anymore. And how do you do that? How do you get to that point? Well, let's say that you got your product or you got your um your uh service and it's finally making an M. 
you know what I'm saying? Let's say that it's finally making the money that's coming in that, that you can that you can use to actually operationalize it. That's where you start thinking about how you're going to operationalize your business. And you start thinking about what are the key activities, the key resources, all that kind of stuff. I'll, I talk about this a lot with um, with business model design and my business model design course and stuff like that. But you start to figure out how you can operationalize your business around that offering. And once you do that, once you operationalize it, now it's time to focus on the next one. Focus on the next offering. That's not to say because actually they're, you're offering as you're building it and as you're focusing on it, like and getting different parts of that offering down, you're probably grabbing from that list of other things that you prioritized and placed in there because that offering is all about solving a key challenge for your customers. But, um, but yeah, that's how you hyper-prioritize. So I just want to shout out Kat about that. Like, yes, focus on making one stellar offer as a solopreneur building your business. Um, now let's kind of talk about some of the benefits of this, yo. Like, what is, So what's going to happen when you are taking on hyper-prioritization with your business. Well, one thing, you're going to see increased productivity and increased efficiency in what you do. You're going to get so much better, and you're going to, this is how you, this is how your product is going to, is going to get, your product or service is going to get so much better because you're hyper-focused on it. And <clears throat> you're going to be less, like, reactive because you're going to have more clarity um, and you're going to be more decisive in your decision making because you're going to have a barometer of how you can judge things that you're going to do. You're going to be like, is this more impact? Is this more urgency? Is this like what? Where should I be focused? And that's going to help you have that clarity from day to day. It's also going to help reduce your stress and your um, chances of burnout because now you have like your um, key focuses you know, you have your key focuses that you want to focus on and anything that's not that you're quickly like, nope, nope, not focusing on that, not focusing on that. I'm not saying people aren't going to be pissed off at you because people are always pissed off at me because I don't want to give certain things my my attention. Also, just side note, let me just say. Uh, this whole information age is so annoying. I mean, you know, I'm a millennial. So, like, I know what it was like pre-internet technology and all of this. I, I really feel for this next generation of people. I feel like I'm always talking about generations, like, like I'm an old dude or something. But, like, uh, I really feel for, for the people who, like, grow, grew up with nothing but this technology stuff because y'all world is wild. The amount of people that expect to have access to you just because you're a text message away is so baffling to me. Like people for real get legitimately pissed off at me because I don't respond immediately. To all y'all people that get mad at me about that, let me tell you something. Sometimes when and I was actually talking to my buddy uh, recently, my, um, my boy Mikey, and he called me out the blue. You know, he had actually called me a few times before that and I hadn't answered um, just because like I, I was doing something, whatever. And so he called me and he's like, hey, man, what you up to? And I said, nothing, just and then proceeded to tell him about a million things that I'm working on. Like I was like, man, I, I, I just like finished designing this course. I started this podcast. I'm doing this and that I'm doing this and that. And he's like, um, he's like, bro, you need to change your vocabulary because what did you just say? You just said, like, I asked you what you're doing. 
and you said nothing and then proceeded to tell me all these different things that you're doing. Also, I feel like I'm being a little like like hypocr- um, hypocritical by talking about all these different things that I'm doing. When I say focus, like I'm talking like initiative wise, focus on, on what you need to do for your initiatives. All these things are for one initiative. But I if anybody really knows me and, and knows me enough that they've seen how I am and how I work, they know that I'm never not doing anything. I'm always doing something. And for some reason, I have this bad habit of telling people that I'm not doing anything. It's just like, it's just like a, you know, it's not something I think about. It's just like, hey, what you up to? Nothing. I don't know why I always say that. It's so annoying. I need to stop doing that. It's something I'm working on. If y'all hear me say that, like, honestly, call me out. But this is the thing. People get so pissed off at me because they're like, Ryan, you never text back. You never respond to this. You never respond to that. You never. And here's the deal. Um, I'm always working on something. So nine times out of 10, if someone texts me, I'm likely in the middle of something. I'm in the middle of doing something and I'll quickly look at like the top headline of what whatever it is that they told me or whatever it is they said me said to me and I will make a split second decision on whether or not it's worth me dropping what I'm doing to respond. And the majority of the time, the answer is no. It's not worth me dropping what I'm working on at that time. And um, the only the, the now the messed up part about me is that I will just not open that message and totally forget about it. And that's my that's a fault of my own that I probably should work on. But the thing is that I don't a precedent that I don't want to make is that um, that my the access to me is free and abundant. It's actually a privilege to have access to me. You know what I'm saying? Because like I'm I'm trying to do stuff. I'm trying to trying to build. What I'm trying to build. I'm trying to focus. And when you do have access to me, like like you know, I try to do a really good job of giving you my undivided attention. Typically, I'm the kind of person when we hang out, my phone is not visible. Um, so, you know, like, but that's what it's like, man. And so anecdote, but like, I just want to let people know, like, quit expecting access to people like that. You know what I'm saying? We're not computers. You know, like we, we got certain things in our lives that we're trying to work on and that we're trying to build on and, and we need to focus. I need to focus on what I need to focus on. And if I don't get right back with you, then it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? And so, again, back to the list of benefits. Uh, I think so when you do this, actually, though, like and you also start because at first, like at first I felt bad about it, but now I don't. Um, It's going to help reduce stress. It's going to help reduce stress. And once you realize the real benefits of it, you're going to understand how it helps you out with um, without burnout. And it's also going to give you some greater alignment to your business goals and objectives. Um. So, yes. All right. I think that's that. That's everything I wanted to cover y'all today. I just wanted to talk about prioritization and how important it is to help you achieve a lot of the goals that you want to be able to achieve and how to actually do it. Give you a little bit of a framework. Um, so go ahead. Um, takeaways. I just want you to think about like, you know, I want to debunk the myth around multitasking. Uh, multitasking is not great. Yes, it's something that we all have to do. I'm not saying don't multitask like like we have to do it. But I want you to understand that nobody's good at it. 
Um, and if you really want to focus on, if you really want to get good at something, you need to focus and have discipline focusing on it. Um, I want to talk about that. I want you to remember the master of one is much better than the jack of all trades, master of none. So, um, it's, it's about focus and figuring out where you want to be, what lane you want to be in and being in that lane and honing in on it. Um, slow and steady wins the race, y'all. Uh, the power of prioritization. I talked about all these different method, uh, methods that you can use. Again, my favorite is the two by two prioritization matrix. Look it up online. Check it out. Um, if you got any questions, comments, you know, post them here and let, let me know. Uh, post them on, on YouTube or, or send them to me on Instagram. Um, and I'll I'll love to answer any questions that you have about two by two matrix and, and how to utilize them. And think about how you can apply this in the real world to you and your business. All right. And start, honestly, as you're doing this, take some time, reflect and think about how much is benefiting you or how much is helping you or not helping you. Um, if it's not serving you, then don't do it. But I honestly believe that this will truly serve you. If you're on Spotify, check out our Q&A polls, Q&A and poll. Um, I encourage all of your listeners, all of you listeners to share your own prioritization techniques and things that you've done and your success stories of how, how you're actually prioritizing stuff and, um, and focusing here and there. I would love to hear it, see if there's some things that I can take away. Post them in the comments if you're on um, Instagram, on YouTube, or um, just send them my way. I love to hear them. But in the meantime, that's a wrap, y'all. And uh, thanks again. See ya. Peace.